Hello, this is IP Stories by 4IP Council, a podcast about innovation and intellectual property. Join us and you will hear about the journeys through invention, creation, and IP understanding of our guests. I'm Fernanda. And I'm Marta. The interview today is part of our special for the World Intellectual Property Day, Women and IP, Accelerating Innovation and Creativity. Hello, I'm Axel. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing Yufe Blockenship. Hello, Yufe, and thank you for having this chat with us today. But to kickstart the discussion, Yufe, could you tell us who you are and what do you do? Thank you for inviting me to join you for the nice uh, session. I'm a principal researcher of standardization with Ericsson, and I have more than 20 years of experience in wireless communications system design and standardization. I'm an active inventor with more than 200 issued US patents. In 2020, I was honored uh, as an inventor of the year by Ericsson for my work with 3GPP, 4G, and 5G standards. I'm also a registered patent agent with the USPTO. Uh, my personal experience, I grew up in China and I earned my PhD degree in the US. And then I have been working as an engineer in the telecom industry since my graduation. I live my, with my husband and my two sons in Chicago, Illinois, US. Thank you, Yufei. That's really impressive. Um, so basically, the immediate question that comes to mind is um, what led you to where you are today? When I graduated school, 3GPP was formed just two years ago to produce global standards. As a young graduate, I was simply swept in by the whirlwind of 3GPP standardization. 3GPP was then uh, stand, trying to standardize broadband data, which uh, is uh, introduced on top of uh, simple mobile telephone calls. Then 4G and 5G came along to further expand the connectivity and provide richer services to consumers. Uh, my personal experience of uh, becoming an inventor over the years uh, the key point is to have great role models and uh, have, the, have the opportunity to work with top talents globally. Uh, when I was a pretty fresh engineer, I had the opportunity to uh, join somebody's uh, witness, uh, an, an older engineer's um, uh, like li lifelong career celebration where the ceremony was for uh, uh, the engineer achieving 100 issued US patents. That was quite impressive. And uh, I had the opportunity to chat with the older gentleman and learn from his, his experience. Uh, that was, uh, that was uh, quite an inspiration and uh, make, made me feel like it's something that's uh, worth, worthwhile to dedicate your whole career to. Wow, Yufei, I have to say that it's very refreshing to see such a successful woman in the STEM industry as it's still very male-dominated, which is also the case in standards development, development organizations. Um, which are the major challenges you face as a standardization creator and as a woman in this field? For me personally, the biggest challenge uh, is to maintain a uh, work-life balance. Uh, 
is a challenge to be a mother, a wife, and a standardization engineer all at the same time. When my kids were born, I struggled with uh, whether to take a break and take some uh, leaves to, to care for family. Uh, however, I realized that staying at home for a few years to care for children would really put me behind. I would be totally out of the loop and I would my skills would become obsolete very quickly because uh, standards get refreshed or have uh, the evolution forward. Uh, you know, one cycle is about one to two years. So if I take that time off, you know, say twice for two of my kids, then I would totally become obsolete. Uh, I so. Um, I credit my family for very strong support over the years. Without uh, such family support, I wouldn't have survived uh, th this thus far. Another challenge for me personally is that I need to overcome uh, being very sh a shy person, so sh overcome shyness, working in a highly competitive environment. I've observed that many women engineers are uh, detail-oriented and do very thorough work. Um, however, in the standardization uh, environment, this is simply not enough. For me, I have to learn to step outside of my comfort zone, uh, learn to be firm, and be able to argue with uh, some other uh, engineer from sent from another company, and be able to talk over the microphone in front of like 800 people, and uh, does not give up and be very firm. This is uh, not my personality, but I have to learn to behave a little bit different in a, a standardization environment. Uh, that That is a challenge that I have to learn to overcome. Very interesting. I mean, standardization word is so fascinating, but from your personal experience, do you see changes happening regarding gender equity? especially in the last few years? Yes, there have been some changes of time. Uh, however, I would say it's still quite far from gender equality. My guess would be that only 15 to 20 percent of delegates sent to the 3GPB standardization meeting are women, so it's clearly dominated by men. Uh, just uh, being a woman in such a crowd, you would feel like you're quite small. Uh, that's how I feel uh, myself. Uh, another pretty obvious inequality is that uh, in 3GPP RAN, at least the official positions like chairmanship or vice chairmanship are completely dominated by men. Maybe I can remember one lady who have made it so far and the rest are all men. Uh, on the other hand, I've observed that uh, recently there have been quite a few women that take up uh, uh, like uh, delegate uh, lead position. So they would be the uh, lead of a delegation of a company, you know, say the, so women would uh, be the leadership in that way. So leader of a company's delegation. That is uh, quite refreshing, I would say. I really emphasize with what you said before about being shy and having to put yourself out there. So thank you for sharing. Um, now, my question now is more about you as an award-winning inventor. So my question is, how do you develop an inventor mindset? 
Mm. Yeah, for me, the first thing is to overcome the doubt and the fear and and uh, just start to build some confidence in yourself. Um, you learn over time that uh, international standards like 3TPP or IEEE standards are huge and co very complex. They need uh, a lot of engineers to contribute. There are plenty of opportunities to find improvement to the current standards. So technology <clears throat> evolves forward continuously. You just have to tell yourself that you can be a top expert in your area and that you can be the first one to discover to, to discover something and share with everybody. You learn that you really don't have to be a genius to be an inventor. You can um, you know, make incremental improvements and that still allows you to be an inventor. Um, another, another uh, like say inventor mindset would be like you have to learn that uh, uh, to to find the problems to have an to develop an eye for the problems and uh, be aware of the prior art. So if you can describe the problem and what is what is the where, what is the gap between where the current art is and where the kind of uh, ideal uh, design would be. If you can uh, describe that gap, define the problem, then you're basically halfway there. Then you know to then you, you're you're basically um, uh, can search for solutions to close that gap. And to be in that position, you, um, you know, just need to build up solid knowledge and uh, be aware of how the standards are defined in, uh, now and where it should be. Well, I am personally uh, fascinated about innovation. And as I was listening to your to your answer there, I was I was thinking, when do you give up an idea? Mm. So standardization. Uh, like in the 3GPP or the IEEE setting is uh, in fact, you can think of it as a com uh, competition game. Uh, so uh, participating companies all over the world, you know, Asia, North America, Europe, India, you know, it, all, basically all over the world. Companies send their, um, you know, best engineers and present their latest and greatest ideas. Uh, when you do that, you need to present evidence to show why, you know, your proposal or your design is the best and should be the winner and be chosen and be standardized. So uh, in that com competition environment, actually, um, uh, you can check people's arguments and evidence. You know, it's there. Uh, there there's often some pretty um, clear quantitative, uh, you know, improvements that you can compare. Uh, so if I check the evidence and arguments from, um, say, my competitors, essentially, from other you know, engineers uh, by other companies, and I can see that, uh, you know, basically another person came up with a, a better solution <clears throat> to allow the standards to achieve a better performance, then I know I need to improve my design. I need to do more homework to improve my design. Or if I cannot, uh, you know, match or uh, beat uh, the competition, well, you know, you just have to give up at that point. So 
it's like any competition, you win some and you lose some. Um, there's always another game and you play it again. That's very fair. You know, I'm amazed by how smooth creating ideas seems to be when you talk about it. And uh, to try to follow up on this, in your opinion, what is the relationship between intellectual property rights and innovation? Uh, actually, uh, maybe not everybody is aware, but uh, at the opening of every uh, 3GPP standards meeting, the IPR policy is always the first thing that the chairman would announce to everybody in the room. So you get the idea, you know, step one, you know, uh, IPR is essential to global standards. Um, it's more or less like a, a cornerstone that allow the the whole ecosystem to function. So uh, with with the, with the like the IPR policy in place, um, then this uh, gives the participating companies the freedom to share the latest and greatest ideas and uh, not to be afraid that uh, some there come some other company or their competitor will steal their best design because they you know they are sure they will be rewarded you know if they share their best ideas so this is essentially the basis to bring companies together to work close to, to work with each other and collaborate as a community in that way so you don't just fight each other you actually work with each other and collaborate uh, also clearly in, um, uh, intellectual property rights uh, is there to incentivize and stimulate the innovation in the telecom industry the royalties of the patent licensing are used to support the researchers and the companies uh, in the companies the researchers are given the space to explore and push the boundary forward so you can see this is a positive feedback loop that allows the innovation to keep growing. You can imagine that if uh, you know we take away the cornerstone of IPR, we can expect the pace of uh, research and innovation will slow down. And in, in fact, in, we can imagine the entire society will suffer as a consequence. Uh, to keep um, IP rights in the loop, I'm curious about what can you tell us about the path from creating an idea to filing a patent application? Yeah, so it's uh, a, a, for my personal experience uh, working in the standards uh, setting, uh, have, having uh, an idea and then develop a patent application is uh, similar to other inventing, um, invent, inventing other fields as well. So first of all, you identify the problem. You know, you you see something could be improved. It's not the best. Um, you, you know, you you have uh, say build up the a good foundation of the prior art. You know uh, how things are done now, uh, but it's not you know where you you want it to be. There's a gap. You want to close the gap. So. You set, you describe the problem. You set, you set up the problem correctly, and and describe it to yourself, to train your brain to think in that direction. Then, you know, you can come up with some, um, try to come up with uh, several solutions yourself, and you can brainstorm with your colleagues, uh, because it's always useful to 
uh, invite people to look at the same problem from different angles. So with that, then usually you will be able to come up with, with uh, a list of ideas to solve the problem. And then maybe you can so prioritize and um, pick a few that you know you verify that has good performance, and then you you then walk your idea to the patent attorney at that stage, and you work with the patent attorney and uh, explain um, your ideas and try to broaden the claim when you work with the patent attorney to write a claim. And at that that stage, you should think about how to. Um, you know, broaden the coverage so you can uh, have the maximum protection of your rights. So, for example, you probably want to have claims that cover both the network side implementation and device side implementation. You want to have some methods claim and implementation claims. So, yeah, try to protect your rights and your company's rights as much as possible at that stage. Okay, Yufei. So, my next question to you is. What has been the biggest challenge you had to face up until this point of your career? Um, for my experience, uh, uh, the biggest challenge of um, the uh, STEM career in general, I would say, is to have the persistence to keep growing yourself. So technology evolve forward. It's our unrelenting pro process. You know, um, if you want to stay at the cutting edge and always kind of make sure you are at the forefront of innovation and, uh, you know, the, uh, the growth of the industry, then you have to grow with it. You actually have to ideally grow a little bit faster um, than the technology itself because you're supposed to be there to, you know, help to incubate and uh, innovate uh, to generate it. So oh, like one recent ex example would be that um, in the past year, two years, um, AI and machine learning um, has come to telecom. And this is something that I didn't get uh, education with. Um, I, you know, this is something brand new to me. Uh, and uh, I have the telecom background, but I don't have the AI machine learning background. So I I need to basically educate myself and retool and uh, learn AI from scratch. Um, chat GPT is everywhere. Uh, so now everybody's aware of what AI is, but it's actually coming to telecom as well. Uh, uh, so for example, it's a little bit challenging uh, that um, I remember uh, some Christmas <laughs> holiday break where, you know, I was hiding in the corner trying to take a AI course and uh, it feels a little bit embarrassing that you're not in the kitchen, you know, helping to uh, cook the holiday meals, <laughs> you know, uh, for the family and take the AI courses. That was, uh, you know, it's hard to explain to family, but, you know, it's something you have to do. Uh, uh, to kind of keep yourself fresh, your skills fresh, and uh, try to put yourself at the cutting edge always. Mm, that's a that would be the biggest challenge to uh, scientific and technology career. At least you're challenged all the time, and 
Mm. I believe that's a great thing. But looking back from all your achievements, I mean, there are many, what are you most proud of? Uh, one example came into mind was my work on error correction codes. I worked on error correction codes for both 4G and 5G, and some of my work um, uh, actually, luckily, was um, part of the standards. So uh, error cor correcting codes are essential for the communication system because they are there <clears throat> to clean up any distorted signals and make sure the message is passed correctly from one end to another end. So anytime you're making a phone call, sending a text, you know, sending a photo, watch a video clip, playing game, it's all messages or bits, data, you know, um, underneath. And it, there needs to be a mechanism to ensure that uh, those data were sent correctly and without, without error and without distortion. So what I worked on, um, you know, uh, this error question codes is, is just there to play such a role to clean up all the data. For, for the end user. Uh, so mm, that I was quite proud of because um, anytime my me or my family or my friends pick up the phone, I can tell them that uh, you know some of my work were in there anytime they use any of their device. That was uh, uh, something I was um, you know quite quite feel quite uh, happy with. Uh, I also had some other interesting experience, actually. Uh, so I had the opportunity to work on IoT. Um, interesting, IoT is something like a uh, layperson are also familiar with. But in the early days of IoT, it feels very strange and wild that people say, you know, in the future, all the TVs and refrigerators, air conditioners, garage doors, all those gadgets would be connected to the internet. It was very strange in the beginning. Uh, but now it's a, a reality and I have all the gadgets in my house connect to the internet. And I can say that I was part of the engineering force that uh, brought it about. So very small contribution for myself, but um, it's a, it's a, very huge, very big change for the society, and uh, I'm feel lucky that I could be a member um, of the engineering force that uh, that brought it uh, about to the to the world. I think uh, next time I'll I'll grab my phone to use five G for four G. I will certainly be very grateful to your work. <laughs> Um, as um, a last question, uh, what advice would you give to the new generations of inventors and especially regarding girls interested in uh, standardization? Uh, I would say uh, be confident that you have something to contribute. Don't worry that you are not a genius who will invent the next uh, light bulb and save the entire humanity. Just go for it. You can do it. You can uh, help invent the next big thing. And nowadays, all the uh, all the 
big, uh, impressive uh, uh, technology in innovation are brought about by uh, basically armies of engineers. It's an, there's no lone wolf that inventing the light bulb anymore. Uh, so you can be one of the engineer that would contribute to the next big thing. Uh, for example, if I think about my experience with the uh, 3GPP standards, uh, thousands of engineers work contributed to it. So it's uh, definitely a group accomplishment, it's huge group accomplishment by engineers, by groups of companies all over the world. So just tell yourself, you can do it. You can be part of it. You can, you have, you are talented and you can contribute. You can be the top expert in your area and you will get the opportunity to invent, invent the next big thing. Another thing to keep in mind is that uh, this will be a marathon. Um, you just, uh, you know, uh, have fun and uh, enjoy meeting the top people in in your field have enjoyed the opportunity to work with the greatest engineers and uh, book authors of the books that you read you will have the opportunity to actually meet them all and work with them it would be a very exciting journey very nice if i was if i had a background in in engineering i would i would be subscribing to contribute to these groups right now because that was very inspiring this has been such a lovely chat. Thank you so much, Yufei, for making yourself available. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me and giving me the opportunity to tell my story. Uh, I really wish that um, more girls and uh, more women engineers uh, would uh, join the inventor community and uh, just share your talent and don't be shy and make an impact to the world. You can do it. Go for it. Thank you for listening to IP Stories by 4IP Council. Visit our website on 4IPCouncil.eu to find out more and check out the links mentioned during this episode. If you liked it, remember to share and subscribe.